Section 1 of Apis Malefica by C. W. Wolfe. Recording by Marie Dom. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Apis Malefica. The bee helps to heal all thy internal and external maladies, and is the best little friend whom man possesses in this world. More in Cotton's Book of the Bee, page 138. Since Hanuman's successful attempt to develop the medicinal nature of aconite, no other discovery has been made in the domain of practical medicine as comprehensive and universally useful as the discovery of the medicinal virtues of the poison of the bee. It is of the utmost importance to the interests of humanity to become as intimately acquainted with the efficacy of this poison as possible. It is the subject of these papers to contribute my might to this work. As soon as Dr. Herring had published the provings of the bee poison in his American Provings, I at once submitted them to the test of experience in an extensive practice. I prepared the drug which I used for this purpose by pouring half an ounce of alcohol on five living bees and shaking them during the space of eight days, three times a day, with one hundred vigorous strokes of the arm. From this preparation, which I used as the mother tincture, I obtained attenuation up to the thirty centesimal scale. So far, the effects which have obtained with this preparation have been uniformly satisfactory. It has seemed to me that the lower potencies lose in power as they are kept for a longer period. Hence, I consider it safer to prepare them fresh every year. As a general rule, I have found either the third or the thirtieth potency sufficient. Day after day, I have obtained more satisfactory results and I now look upon Apis Malefica as the greatest polycrest, next to aconite, which we possess. The introduction of this poison to the medical profession will be looked upon as the most brilliant merit of one of the most deserving apostles of homeopathy, and will secure immortality to the honored name of Constantine Herring. The following statements will show how far this faith of a grateful heart is founded upon facts. Apis Malefica is the most satisfactory remedy for acute hydrocephalus of children. The more acute and dangerous the attack, the more readily will it yield to the action of Apis. Sudden convulsions, followed by general fever, loss of consciousness, delirium, sopor while the child is lying in bed, interrupted more or less by sudden cries, boring of the head into the pillow, with copious sweat about the head, having the odor of musk, inability to hold the head erect, squinting of one or both eyes, dilation of the pupils, gritting of the teeth, protrusion of the tongue, desire to vomit, nausea, retching, and vomiting, collapse of the abdominal walls, scanty urine, which is sometimes milky, costiveness, trembling of the limbs, occasional twitching of the limbs on one side of the body, and apparent paralysis of those on the other side, painful turning inwards of the big toes, extorting cries from the patient, accelerated pulse, which soon becomes slower, irregular, intermittent, and rather hard. These symptoms inform us that life is in danger. The more so, the more numerous they are grouped together. In comparing with these symptoms, the following symptoms from Herring's American Provings, Part 1, 3rd number, page 294, 40, 41 muttering during sleep, muttering and delirium during sleep, 83, 84, 
He had lost all consciousness of the things around him. He sank into a state of insensibility. 140, 144. Sense of weight and fullness in the forepart of the head. Heaviness and fullness in the vertex. Dull pain in the occiput, aggravated by shaking the head. Pressure, fullness, and heaviness in the occiput. 170. Her whole brain feels tired, as if gone to sleep. Tingling. She experiences the same sensation in both arms, especially in the left, and from the left knee down to the foot. 175, 176. Sensation as if the head were too large, swelling of the head. 391. When biting the teeth together, swallowing. After gaping or at other times, a sort of gritting the teeth, only a single involuntary jerk, frequently repeated. 501. Nausea and vomiting. 506. Nausea as if one would vomit, with fainting. 512. Vomiting of the ingesta. 619. Retention of the stool. 640. Retention of urine. 665. Scanty and dark-colored urine. 980, 984, 985. Trembling, convulsions, starting during sleep as if in a fright. 1020. Sudden weakness, compelling him to lie down. He lost all recollection. 1032. Great desire for sleep. He felt extremely drowsy. If we compare these effects of apis to the above-mentioned symptoms of hydrocephalus, we shall find the homeopathicity of apis to this disease more than superficially indicated. If we consider, moreover, that the known effects of apis show that it possesses the power of exciting inflammatory irritation in edematous swellings, we are justified, by our law of similarity, in expecting curative results from the use of apis in all such diseases. The experiments which I have instituted for the last four years have convinced me of the correctness of this observation. Whenever I had an opportunity of giving apis at the commencement of the diseases, it would produce, within 12 to 24 hours quiet sleep, general perspiration affording relief, the feverish and nervous symptoms together with the delirium would disappear from hour to hour, and on waking, the little patient's consciousness was lucid, the appetite good and recovery fully established. This is a triumph of art, which inspires us with admiration for our science. Less surprising, but equally certain, is the relief if apis is given after the disease has lasted for some time. In such a case, the medicine first excites a combat between the morbific force and the conservative reaction. The greater the hostile force, the longer the struggle between momentary improvement and aggravation of the symptoms. It may sometimes continue for one, two, or three days. It is not until now that a progressive and permanent improvement sets in. The desire to vomit is gone. The twitching, trembling, and the struggle generally diminish from hour to hour. Consciousness returns. The squinting and dilation of the pupils abate. Gritting of the teeth and protrusion of the tongue cease. The position and movements of the head and limbs become more natural. The pulse becomes more regular. Its slowness yields to a more normal frequency. The feverish heat terminates in sweat, which affords great relief, and the retention of stool and urine is succeeded by a more copious action of both the bowels and the bladder. The natural appetite returns. The reproductive process is restored. Sleep is quiet and refreshing, and recovery is perfectly established in an incredibly short period. 
A cure of this kind generally requires five, seven, eleven, and fourteen days. This result is so favorable that those who have not witnessed it, or who are too ignorant and egotistical to investigate the facts, may reject it as incredible. Such brilliant results are obtained by means of a single drop of apis, third attenuation. I mix a drop with seven tablespoonfuls of water and give a dessert spoonful every hour, or every two or three hours. The more acute the attack, the more frequently the dose is repeated. This method generally suffices to effect a cure more or less rapidly. As long as the improvement progresses satisfactorily, all we have to do is let the medicine act without interfering. If the improvement is arrested, or the patient gets worse, which sometimes happens in the more intense grades of this malady, the best course is to give a globule of Apis-30 and to watch the result for some 24 hours. After the lapse of this period, the improvement will either have resumed its course or else it will continue unsatisfactory. In the latter case, we should give another dose of the above-mentioned solution of Apis-3. Not unfrequently, I have met with patients upon whom Apis acts too powerfully, causing pains in the bowels, interminable diarrhea of a dysenteric character, extreme prostration, and a sense of fainting. In such cases, the tumultuous action of Apis is mitigated, and the continued use of this drug rendered possible by giving Apis in alternation with aconite in water every hour or two hours. Except such cases, I have never been obliged to resort to other accessory means. Apis is no less efficacious against the higher grades of ophthalmia. It is particularly rheumatic, catarrhal, erysipelatous, and edematous ophthalmia, which is most rapidly, easily, and safely cured by apis, no matter what part of the eye may be the seat of the disease. The symptoms 188 to 307 distinctly point to the curative virtues of apis in ophthalmia. Sensitiveness to light with headache, redness of the eyes. He keeps his eyes closed, light is intolerable, the eyes are painful, and feel sore and irritated if he uses them. Weakness of sight with feeling of fullness in the eyes, twitching of the left eyeball, feeling of heaviness in the eyelids and eyes, aching, sore pressing, tensive, shooting, boring, stinging, burning pains in and around the eyes and above the eyes and the forehead. Redness of the eyes and lids, secretion of mucus and agglutination of the lids. The lids are swollen, dark red, averted. The conjunctiva is reddened, full of dark blood vessels which gradually lose themselves in the cornea. The cornea is obscured, smoky, showing a few little ulcers here and there. Profuse lacrimation. Stinging itching in the left eye, in the lids around the eye. Sensation of a quantity of mucus in the left eye. Sensation of a foreign little body in the eye. Soreness of the canthi. Styes. Edema of the lids. Erysipelatous inflammation of the lids. I have found the correctness of these observations uniformly confirmed by the most satisfactory cures of such affections. I use the medicine in the same manner as for acute hydrocephalus. In some cases, I found the eye so sensitive to the action of apis that an exceedingly violent aggravation of the inflammatory symptoms ensued, which might have proved dangerous to the preservation of such a delicate organ as the eye. 
Insomuch as it is impossible to determine beforehand the degree of sensitiveness, I obviate all danger by exhibiting apis in alternation with aconite in the manner indicated for hydrocephalus. By means of this alternate exhibition of two drugs, we not only prevent every aggregating primary effect, but we at the same time act in accordance with the important law that, in order to secure the effective and undisturbed repetition of a drug, we have first to interrupt its action by some appropriate intermediate remedy. All repetitions should cease as soon as a general improvement sets in. If the medicine is continued beyond the point where the organism is saturated with the drug, it acts as a hostile agent, not as a curative remedy. This important point is known by the fact that the improvement which had already commenced seems to remain stationary. The patient experiences a distressing urging to stool, a burning diarrhea sets in, and a disproportionate feeling of malaise develops itself. Under these circumstances, a globule of apis-30 will quiet the patient, and the action of the drug will achieve the cure without any further difficulty and without much loss of time, unless sora, psychosis, syphilis, or vaccine virus prevail in the organism, or sulfur, iodine, or mercury had been previously given in large doses. In the presence of such complications, apis will prove ineffectual until they have been removed by some specific antidote. After having made a most careful diagnosis, a single dose of the highest potency of the specific remedy be given, and be allowed to act as long as a trace of improvement is still perceptible. As soon as the improvement ceases, or an aggravation of the symptoms sets in, apis is in its place and will act most satisfactorily. We then give apis 3 in water, as mentioned above, with the most satisfactory success. End of section 1